It is. Scott Sullivan, how are you today? Oh, it's talk show. It's a podcast. And for those people out there who don't know, I want to introduce my co-host, the elder flower liqueur of co-hosts, Adam St. Germain. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think if I'm the elder flower liqueur of, of co-hosts, that means I'm like sweet, but not that useful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave that one dangling out there. I've got nothing to add to that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, talk show episode seven, we've got an agenda that's packed, but we got to start the way we always do Adam right now. Where are you? Oh, I am pleased to. Oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse I think me. I know who that is. Excuse me. Small <laughs> dog. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's happening? Here? Uh, I am pleased to say that as you can hear from the dog in the background, I'm currently in Burlington, Vermont. At, at your home. at your at your main HQ. Yes, I am at uh, Short Handled Shovel Global Headquarters. Badass, and that was Winnie. That was Winnie Dog. Yep, just blowing Boom. it up. <laughs> Little known fact: her name is actually Winifred Elvira Saint Germain. Whoa, that's intense. But she was she was named after famous 1980s tv character winnie cooper it's nice who who made that choice you or your wife i said that was a joint decision okay collabo collabo i like that we've got so many things to talk about first of all i want to insert a quick just side note to the listener the last episode was in stereo yeah you're welcome that's it that's all i have to say about that (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dig it. Uh, Dig it. Next up, Adam, we we got so many things I want to talk about this week. I don't know where – I'm going to give you a choice of three topics that you want to start with. Do you want to talk about what the fuck happened on Stage 19 of the tour this year first? We have to talk about it one way or another. Do you want to talk about uh, what's been going on, updates in the e-bike struggle that you're having with your Facebook people (laughs) and Uh all that? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or do you want to go um, straight into the IRR review, which I think we should save for a little later because I want to go a little deep on that. I have a lot of questions about it. I think that we should hit uh, the Tour de France because it, it boils down to one thing, okay? Yeah. It's pretty, excuse me. It's pretty easy. This is what happened. Old Man Winter said... Never shall a Frenchman win the tour, and I will make winter in July if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, and then, and then he fucked some shit up. <laughs> yeah, I I was following it that day. I was at work, but I, I had it on the TV in the the family room, you know, kind of neutral room that you can come in and out of. And I just couldn't put heads or tails. Like they weren't covering it really clearly at the time because maybe the the people covering it didn't know what was going on. There was a what? What do we wanted to say? There was a weather event. They said it was a hail event, but I think ultimately there was some like, like watery runoff from snow no, and you, hail that that flooded the road. Did you look road. at it, dude? It, it was a it was a freaking winter storm. Yeah. It, 
Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that was great. I got it. That was some okay. extra okay. sound editing by Adam St. Germain right there. It was um, clearly I am not the sound engineer. Um, it was a goddamn winter storm. Like there was snow and ice and like. In July ice. in France. That's crazy. It was crazy. So crazy. <laughs> and so because of that, because there was a winter storm, it caused this like landslide, which closed the road. Yeah. And so they're trying to like bulldoze the road. And as, soon, as fast as they're bulldozing it, the, the stuff is like flowing back into the road. So they had to uh, obviously close the road and then shorten the, the stage. And then because they did that, the guy who was up the road was the virtual yellow jersey. And then they were like, oh, no, yeah, you just get the yellow jersey. Which I was like, what kind of bullshit rule is that? Yeah, and that's where I really fell off. I just, I, it's such a weird tour. I, I didn't follow it from stage one on. I'm not like gonna pretend I followed all of it, but that's a real problem. Like, if you've got a stage where like there's a realistic expectation by the riders further down the road that letting that guy dick around and be ahead of them is safe. Cause there's more stages to come and it's a long stage. It's not over yet. Like that's common bike racing tactics, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It seems so to like weird. give this guy like the yellow Jersey. Cause he was dangling off the front, which is a common thing to let someone do just doesn't seem well earned. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing seemed fucked up. It was really weird. So, and okay. also like, I've watched tours many times. Like I've been more involved in watching tours in the past than I am now, but they've had issues where something comes up and they reroute in the moment. Like you go, okay, we're we're going to go off and go through this other town because something just happened and we have to do that. Why didn't they reroute in the moment or, or at least come up with like something that would have given an opportunity for the, the trailing riders to like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the answer the answer should have been that, like, yes, we're going to stop the stage early. But then they should have just nullified the results, right? Like, results, you know, no general cl- general classification changes. Like, all that stays the same. I agree so, with you completely. And I thought that's what they were going to do in the moment when I was watching it on TV. And then somehow they came out with, oh, whoever passed the, the top of this climb will do the time off of that. Yeah. Also, so are you eating celery or something? What's happening right um, now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I got a little bonky. Because <laughs> you're eating something with a crunch, and I can hear it in my headphones. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I will. This will be the last one. I'm just eating a pile of cookies to get my blood sugar. Oh, you said sugar. that. You said that. That's my bad. Yeah. You already. Well, I said that, that prior. To, I, I said that prior to the um to the podcast. Oh, we weren't live. Started. Yeah, we, we did weren't a, live yet. <laughs> in I, this I, new I, recording I, I, setup, I, we get to talk yeah. for a minute before you hear us. We get to prep. So I was, yeah, I was out. I was running some errands on the bike. And on the way back, I got a little bonky. And I was like, oh, hell, I need, I need some sugar. So I'm just eating a, a plate of cookies. Isn't that one of the joys of doing cardio exercises is, is knowing that you can just eat a bunch of cookies and that's really kind of okay? Yeah. I mean, it's borderline, right? Like, it's probably, <laughs> I could, maybe I should have got like a glass of orange juice would have been better, but, you know. Cookies um, is pretty cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the issue, the main issue I'm having at the moment is that I can only chew on one side um, of my mouth because of the the post, right? Because on Monday I had the surgery, and uh, you know, so now it's all it's all healing up and whatever. Well, 
your mouth your mouth is doing good. You you sound loud as normal. So I think that tells us everything's good. <laughs> yeah, vo- the volume control still works. We got this. Let's so I'm gonna take you. Okay, so wait. Let's let's wrap up our thoughts on the tour. My my so main just- thing is just like. So this guy got the yellow jersey under the most dubious conditions possible, and then he wins. And like, congrats to that guy. I mean, he was racing I mean, hard. He he got he I got a know. reward for it. But is that like what are we supposed I, to think I, of that? Like, do you think he feels good? Do you think he feels like, oh yeah, I won the tour? I think he like, feels good in the way that you feel good when you know that your career has just gotten a huge boost. <laughs> You know, like okay. a gigantic yeah. boost. Yeah. He feels good. But I think when he goes to bed at night, he's like, well, man, I didn't win that bike race, but shit worked out great. You know, right. and that that probably makes you, I know that any guy that good, to if you're on the level where you can race in the Tour de France, there's a 99% chance you're the kind of person who holds yourself to such a high standard. You're so aggressive. You want to win. You want to be the best. And when you know that you kind of got a free pass, it's going to burn you up on some level. There's no doubt. There is no doubt. Yeah. So, um, so he'll come back wanting to prove it. That's the, the interesting thing is that now this guy has a fire lit in him where he's going to come back and want to prove he really deserves it. Right. And the question will be whether or not he can actually do that. Pull, the, pull that off. Yeah. Right. Please so excuse this freaking small dog. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I, she, I, 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 I speak, uh, small dog. So I, what I heard was like, that bitch didn't win that race. That's what I heard. <laughs> you know what? I think, I think that's probably, that's probably close to accurate. This dog's so funny. It's 75 degrees in the house and she's going to wrap herself up in a wool blanket right now. Love it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Vermont. I, I don't know. I don't know why she likes to be in the wool blanket when it's so warm, but what are you going to do? You're in the HQ. I, we're not going to talk politics on this podcast, but we could, we could, uh, I will ask you later, maybe off the air about your thoughts about Bernie <laughs> after the debates, but. Oh, I, well, I'll just tell you, I don't, I can't, I can't bring myself to watch the debates. So I, 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 would, ra- I would rather ask your question. I'd rather ask you a, a, a political, non-political question. Sure. Have you, have you ordered um, your set of freedom straws yet? Freedom straws? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I got to get on that. <laughs> yeah, make, make that happen. Freedom straws. Okay, so we're going to go to a silly topic next for a second. And this, this is something that comes out of the news. So just because we naturally bridged it. I was watching the news last week, and, and Donald Trump got a little bit of a victory where uh, he was allowed by, I think, some higher courts to get uh, funding um, to procure some money that maybe was questionable whether he could use it for the wall, for his wall initiative. And I was wondering if in any way your backyard benefits from that. Are you going to get any of that wall money? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I I have in front of me the paperwork um, to submit my request for additional wall funding so that we can build our wall taller. Because right now it's... (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. It's not quite. It's not quite tall enough. And uh, sure. And some people, you know, uh, some large rodents and animals will find their way um, into the garden. So and when like you say large out. rodents, you kind of mean Canadians, right? Let's not read into it more than necessary. <laughs> you know, let's just leave it at that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so we uh-huh, covered uh-huh. that. That's an action item I wanted to cover. And then, Check. Uh, 
check, check. I have a, uh, I have a question for you that comes from my listening to another podcast where oh. they, they, they talk a lot about fast food and the chains, more chain restaurants. And so my question for you, I was thinking about this. I was like, Adam's on the road all the time. He's a healthy guy. He's an athletic guy. He's doing CrossFit, all this stuff, right? Um, but you're a human being. So when you're on the road and you're doing these drives around New England for business and stuff, and we talked a little bit about your strategies for getting good food on a previous episode, but I'm sure. put, I'm putting you in a lane right now where you have to pick. I'm saying you're going from one place to another on a particular work day. You have to do basically a can't get out. I don't even have time to get out of the car. You got to do a drive-through type scenario. Okay, yeah. so we're limiting yeah. you to fast food or something equivalent to fast food. Do you have a go-to that you think is better? Like not just on food, but like something you can go to and you feel like, nah, I don't feel that bad about that. Here's my, here's my approach. I'm glad you asked this question because I think about this a lot. My approach is if you're going to hit the fast food, right, you might as well hit it like you mean it. Okay? <laughs> go in hard. <laughs> go in hard. There's no sense going to McDonald's and be like, can I, can I have the chicken salad, please? You know, like, <laughs> fair. you're going to McDonald's. So if, if I hit the McDonald's, which it happens, you know, like sometimes you're either stressed or you're busy, you're strapped for time or whatever. I'll hit McDonald's. I go M&M McFlurry, small French fry. That's pretty solid. <laughs> little, you know, little, little sweet, like yeah, a little sweet treat. It's good. And a little salty. And I'm, you know, I'm all right. I'm good to go. Feeling good. So, yeah. That's no cool. big deal. Um, so that's, that's my, uh, that is my approach to that. And then occasionally, occasionally I'll hit, um, one of the, one of them has like a good chicken sandwich, like a crunchy kind of chicken sandwich thing, but I can't, I mean, that's Burger King. Are you thinking of Wendy's? Oh, maybe it is Wendy's. Wendy's has a good chicken sandwich. Yeah, okay. So it's got to be Wendy's with the spicy chicken sandwich. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the one. But that's, yeah, look, I feel like solid. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like if you're going to if you're going to hit the fast food, then you need to like, you know, hit it like you mean it. Like get after it, man. Cuz otherwise the- we're going back to the previous recommendation is if you really have the time, go to a grocery store, hit up the salad bar, like check out some Right, cuz it Yeah. It doesn't take that long to hit the grocery store. Like if you're like, "Oh, I need a chicken sandwich." You can pop it in the grocery store, get a get a handmade little chicken sandwich or wrap or whatever they got them over in the deli and then you're out of there it doesn't take any longer than going into you know mcdonald's or whatever so (laughs) i agree i I think you're spot on my thing is like sometimes i'm like uh when i'm coming out of work i'm like as a nurse i work long days blah 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 oh i was gonna say this i I don't want to talk about work on the podcast very often but i feel like this is a special occasion where i'm gonna cheat that rule and talk about for one second (laughs) on monday I participated in, and by participating in, mean, I, I coordinated and then did and infused the first ever in the city of Austin CAR T cell therapy infusion for a cancer patient. And that happened on Monday. And what that essentially means for the listener, CAR T cell therapy is one of the most cutting edge things we do in cancer care. It's something you probably have heard about in some way or form in the news, but didn't really process. It's basically where they take a patient's immune cells and bioengineer them in a lab. They take like a deactivated AIDS cell or something like that or a tuberculosis cell and they bioengineer it 
to learn what the cancer cell is like, put it back into the patient, and now the patient's own cells have been bioengineered to kill their cancer. And in a perfect world, it works great and they're cured. And in the real world, sometimes they almost die from the turbulence that happens in their body as those cells are functioning. And so it's really, really fascinating medicine. And I get to participate in that on Monday. And it was the first time in Austin anyone's ever received that therapy. And I felt very special. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. Yep. That's pretty cool. So I don't want to like... I don't no, no. If you, if you want to go in with a heated question, I'm totally cool with it. Go no, for no, it. No, no. I, I don't, I don't want to go with a heat. I'm curious. At what point... Do you, I mean, because you're in it, right? Like you're in it, you're living it, you're like in that in that every sure. day. Sure. But from the outside perspective, what you just said to me is not medicine. This fucking science fiction. So at what point? <laughs> at what point are you like living a sci-fi novel? <laughs> it's 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 completely sci-fi. We even like kind of joked about that in the room with the patient as we we're doing it. Like this is stuff that like. When I was in nursing school, we were vaguely aware this was happening in labs and we thought it was like cute. Like, yeah, great. In the future, you're going to come up with these crazy therapies, but they're real now. And um, there are some great case. I, I will refer the listener if they're interested to the New York Times. Just Google New York Times CAR T cell therapy. And you'll probably find some articles about a young girl who I think was six or seven when she first got treated, who's to date at the time of this recording still completely leukemia free because of this kind of treatment and it doesn't always work that well on every patient but there we're in the process of figuring out why it works on some and why it doesn't on others so it's very experimental but for the lucky person it just eradicates their cancer and they're fine and it's fascinating but anyway i i got to literally well, this is funny. We'll, we'll end on this note. We'll not end the episode, but we'll end the thought about this on this note. There's uh, So if you think about any time you've been in the hospital or someone you love has been in the hospital and you see the nurse uh, give them IV fluids, right? There's always a moment where they spike the bag. And spiking the bag is just taking the sharp, pointy plastic thing and putting it into another plastic thing that's meant to receive it. And you you do that, and then you can kind of infuse whatever the fluid is. But it turns out that in a lot of these situations where you're taking a bag of products that have maybe been frozen and CAR T cells are frozen while the patient waits to be able to get them. And a lot of, I work on a transplant unit. A lot of the other cells are frozen too. When you thaw them out, the bags get brittle and weird. And sometimes when you put the spike in, it punctures. And then there's a risk of losing the product or leaking out the cellular product. Bro, you can't be wasting them cells. No, you can't. And they're worth, by the way, these CAR T cell therapy, just to make the cells in the lab costs about $400,000. So you don't want to spill that shit. Don't be spilling it. Don't be spilling it. And so the highlight of my day last Monday was when they handed me the bag and I took the spike and I put that shit in there like I believed in it and it was fine and everything was great. It's a high stress moment getting the spike in there. It was pretty stressful. But anyway, that's Dang. my job. But I want to talk for a minute, Adam, about what it's I'm gonna say your job. It's not your job, but something that you run like a boss. And that's the IRR. 
it's road ride. Wait, me, it's, it's hard to say, right? When you you like can picture it in your mind, like I'm gonna say I R R, and then it comes out of your comes out, and you're like R R R R. You're like, am I a dog? Am I an attack dog? What am I talking about? Yeah. The irreverent road ride, my friend. We talked a little bit on the stereo episode last time, but this is something you've been doing for now eight years. This is the eighth edition, the eighth year of the irreverent road ride. Yep. Pretty solid. And um, so I figured we'd do a recap. So like, and and one of my f- joke elements of it, not joke, haha, but you know, is I wanted to know the high points of the race, both figuratively and literally. So what was the highest peak the riders went over? And what was the highest moment for you as, as the person putting it on? I'm, all right, I'm glad you asked that because I actually mark that every year, the highest elevation that they get to, which this year was 2,374 feet above sea level. Nice. Which is which is the uh, – and you've been there. It's uh, Appalachian Gap, so there was actually a little bit, you know, some, some pavement involved this year. I went over uh, that. I went over that uh, from both directions one year. That's it. That's it. So uh, that was mile 30. Uh, <laughs> it's one... pretty early in the ride to do that. Well, yeah. So it was mile 30 of 136.6 miles. That's a nice um, day on the bike. Wow. And uh, it was also when they got to the top of that in 30 miles, they had climbed just shy of 6,000 feet, which Dude. is a ludic- ludicrous amount. <laughs> Terrible. And the fastest person to get there got there in three hours. I mean, they were going an average of 10 miles an hour, but most people arrived like three and a half, three forty-five, four, four fifteen. 4, 4, Wow. From the start. So it's a slow going first 30 miles of the, of the ride. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it. I, I, I think, you know, like without question, the highlight, the high point for me was, um, there's some friends that have come to the ride for, Almost every year, um, one guy has come seven out of eight years. He missed last year due to uh, he was actually sick, which is unfortunate. Um, and but they have never completed the entire ride. They always shortcut it or dropped out or whatever. And this year, I told them I was like, "This is the year you guys, you guys are gonna pull it off." They're like, "Ah, we'll see, we'll see." And I was like, "No, I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones." I know and you're so, gonna do it. <laughs> Yeah, and so and so four people that have come for years uh, actually rode the entire route this year. So like for me, that was personally very exciting. I think I was more excited than they were, which you know that's cool. So, that's awesome. But but yeah. to like have this thing that you make up, kind of. And I'm not going to say that I was texting with you and you might have been making it up a day or two before it happened because that, that didn't <laughs> happen. But. We'll just say this thing that kind of like sneaks out of your brain once a year, like people are interested and they show up and they do it. That's cool. That's pretty bad. It's, it's, I, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like I designed the entire route and event solely based on how I'm feeling. <laughs> right. And, and I might ask like a, I might ask somebody a question like, Hey, what do you think about this road or this? thing or this whatever and they're like oh that's that's a dumb idea you know whatever and then i take their feedback and do whatever with it but it's i'm not beholden to anyone else like so it's purely just like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this thing and i have no regard whether or not people are gonna like enjoy it, it. care yeah, about I, it I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so i i think to your point right like i make this thing up 
I create it and then, you know, a hundred or almost a hundred people come and, and ride it. And they're like, this is great. Um, <laughs> so I think that's super exciting to just be like, to have people excited to participate in this dumb idea that I have. It's great. So, it's great. I hope you keep doing it. I actually, yeah. I, and I'm not going to commit to this, but I do actually kind of like the idea of maybe trying to do it next year, but you have to ride it if I ride it. Cause that's the other thing is I asked you off the podcast, if you wrote it this year, or if you were just like in the capacity of running it, managing it, and you said you were running it and managing it, but you've ridden it other years. So if I have to come do it, you have to come do it. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a good, that's a good trade. So I wrote it last year and it was this last year was the second year that uh, I successfully finished the whole thing. Nice. Uh, I think in, in like six attempts, I only finished it twice. So, Which is saying something because you're one of the most athletic guys I know. And so if you're mostly not finishing it, that is not great for, for, the, for, for the listener thinking about trying it. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually excited. So um, the day after, maybe two days after the ride this year, I got an email from a uh, well-known cycling magazine um, with some interview questions and they want to do a story about it. So uh, hopefully uh, that comes out. Yeah. yeah. And if it, if it does, I'll, I'll link to it on the talk show. Yeah, you sh- I hope you mentioned talk show in the interview. You've got to drop that shit when you're talking to people. <laughs> Come on, bro. So yeah, it should be, it should be good. Um, you know, I think your next question will probably be about the low lights. Uh, well, I didn't which, have a low light question, but I guess my thought was like, was there something about it that everybody hated? Like, was there like a climb or, or a, a, some part of the ride where everyone kind of was like, please don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well we had, we, no, uh, no one actually complained about any of the terrain and we used some like absolutely stupid terrain. Like it looks <laughs> like, it looks like a stream bed. Like it's just rocks and it's, you know, um, no one complains about that. They all get a big kick out of that. They think it's great. Whatever. We had one crash this year, which is actually the first year um, we've ever had a bad crash where we had to get an ambulance. Like that was unfortunate. What um, I mean, we don't want to go into that because that's sad. But was it the context? A little bit of context. What happened? Uh, yeah, you know, like uh, ironically, it was on like a completely benign dirt road, totally flat and um, and looking fine. And uh, guys, you know, hands slipped off the handlebar and uh, yeah. crashed. And it happens. Had a yeah, had a had a bad day. And he's a local guy. He's ridden the roads um, a bunch of times and. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just unfortunate. It was really early in the day. And so he's okay. He's going to he'll make a full recovery, a couple broken bones and the like, but he'll be fine. Damn. But that happens with any bike and event. Well, any extreme, I don't know, extreme is a weird word, but with any of but these w- sporting events, you're putting yourself in a position where stuff's going to happen and you have to absorb that. And this guy, you know, was having fun and then something flubbed up and that sucks, but I'm sure he wouldn't yeah. change anything because you're out no, there doing those know. things. You know, that could happen. I, w- I will say like I, when I came around the corner and I saw the, I saw the scene, I was like, I was just about sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, I don't want this, but right. You know. I was like, Oh geez. So that's, uh, but yes, yeah, so otherwise, otherwise it was good. Uh, we had a little run in with a particular landowner who had a disagreement about whether or not the trail on their property was a public throughway or not a public throughway. So yeah. We had a minor, minor reroute mid ride, but, uh, everybody, you know, fortunately all the riders adapted to that super well and handled it well and, cool. um, just 
just took the detour no big deal so. yeah people are always going to have those issues with those kind of rides yeah so, so that was uh you know yeah so it was good it was a big success uh i told everybody that came you know like hey you guys did a great job this is like the longest distance we've had 136 miles and um, because the riders keep raising the bar of what's possible, then we'll keep making the ride just harder, like, a bit harder. <laughs> so yeah. tell me, you know, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but ballpark starters, ballpark completers. Yeah. So I think we had ballpark like 80, 85 starters right great. around there. That's great. And, and then, which is about right. Cause we had like just over a hundred registered riders, but then usually you lose 20% on day of because of, whatever you know life. whatever mm. life happens and then um yeah ballpark finishers right around 25 27 riders which is actually on the high side usually it's like 10 to 20 percent. so this is a little sure. higher than that that's pretty impressive uh, for 136 miles i mean and i'm gonna ask you this question and you've raced on a higher level than me uh in in your bike racing career so that might affect the, the answer to this but i'm not talking about bike races i'm talking about any bike ride what is your single day mileage max? Do you think? I think the oh the most I've ever done in a single day, um, was because I don't I know the answer I'm, for me. I have a guess because I remember a ride that's probably my longest, but I don't remember the exact number. But I was curious what yours was. Yeah, it's it's right around that hundred and thirty, hundred and forty mark. Yep. I'd have to actually check. It's right around there. Like I've definitely done a bunch of rides that are like 110, 115, whatever. And then back when we lived in Rhode Island, there was a, there was once or twice that we rode from Providence down to Ninigrit, did the crit and then rode back. I did that once. <clears throat> That's my long ride. I did that once, but I did it with uh, my friend Chris Burke. Shout out to Chris Burke. He probably didn't ever come Holla. hear this. But uh, a a solid staple of the the New England racing community, this guy, Chris Burke, and he fancied himself the navigator. He fucked up like five times. And so the ride <laughs> kept getting longer. Cause and no, no, you know, no disrespect, Chris, but you fucked up that day. <laughs> he kept saying, no, we're going to go this way. No, it's actually that oh, way. Just the way. Just the way. We got it. So our 110-mile day ended up maybe 120. I don't remember. But it was a pain in my ass because I wasn't signed up for that. I was just trying to do like what was already going to be a 100-mile day with 30 to 40 miles of racing in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think – and then in Tucson, uh, we did we did some big days out in Tucson the year I was out there. And um, – yeah, I don't think I've ever gone over that. I have, I'd like to do like the uh, the two hundred on one hundred, which mm. is a Vermont ride. You ride the you ride the length of the state, um, which comes out to be like two hundred and six miles all on one road. You stay on the <laughs> single road the entire time, which is pretty cool. It's pretty um, cool. I haven't done it personally, but it, it's a it seems like a pretty cool ride to do. So um, awesome! Yeah, yeah. We got goals. We got goals, people. Goals, people. Goals. Oh, I didn't want to lean into this too heavy on this episode, but uh, fitness updates? Anything? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm on the struggle bus at the moment uh, with this uh, little bit of tendonitis in the lower legs. Mm. So, uh, TBD, what's next? But uh, I've been seeking treatment once a week and doing a bunch of personal care on it. It's getting better, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It is a weird thing. You know, it's a weird problem when, like, when your PT's like, "Yeah, I've never had to deal with this before." <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a good suggestion. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, not great. So, that makes me feel awkward. <laughs> so that's so that's like, eh, okay. But um, yeah, I mean, like, fitness wise, I'm good. Running wise, you know, not. I haven't been able to run for a bit, so it's uh, TBD. That's cool. We'll That's see. totally cool. Yeah. I've been running. I, I'm I'm been slowly increasing. I, I got a plan to do tomorrow. What's gonna be? I think something I'm gonna try to do for a while. See how it goes. Which is like uh, here in Austin, we have Town Lake, right? And Town Lake yeah. is like a just a gravel trail, basically. But it connects with the beginning of the Green Belt by Barton Springs Pool. So if you do the run the right way, you can kind of pick how many just dirt track miles you want to do and then maybe throw in some trail running at the end or the beginning or however you want to do it. So I'm going to try and do that so I can get like distance time running and mix up kind of because the, the, the tough thing about the trail running here is sometimes it it's the trail isn't as continuous as you want it to be. So you're kind of hiking a bit and then running and the disruption and the disruption from activity is a little bit difficult. You know, oh, I think I think that's super good to practice though the disruption. I think that's a critical thing. So I'm going to try to incorporate it, but incorporate it as not the entire workout, but a but a portion of it. What do you think about that? Uh, I think you're on the right track. Okay, I'll take that. Because <laughs> because the, the the hike and bike at least I'm not on a road, but it's kind of not that different from a road. But like it gets you warmed up and feeling like I'm running, and then you can go onto that green belt trail and like kind of you have to kind of especially the section by the pool is inside baseball for austin but the first section that i would be running on after you pass the pool lots of rocks a lot of negotiating you know lots of having to like change your gate to to and you know to and get through the rocks and and not turn an ankle or something like that which is a big part of running on trails all day is like not hurting oh, yourself somehow by yeah yeah so I'm working. Well, on like, you know, like rule, my, my two rules for bike racing are protect your body and protect your equipment. So then in running, there's really only one rule, which is protect, protect your body, your body. So. <laughs> which happens to be your equipment. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, just, just be, uh, for be sure. careful, be careful. Love uh, cool. All right, Scott. Um, so we hit the RR, we hit our fitness update. We got the tour. It's great. There's some other exercising going on today oh really what's going on today oh oh well, yeah i know what you're gonna t- you introduce yeah. it what are you thinking about well uh today is the first day of the 2019 crossfit games okay first off immediate interjection <laughs> <laughs> they're yes. not games there's no games they're not like playing soccer they're not like playing football they're not playing bocce like those there it's the it's the 2019 crossfit exercises okay well follow-up question this is like a mayo this is i you can't i'm just telling you this is like a mayo aioli thing it's not games all right what do you tell the uh what do you tell the strong men that compete at the highland games I don't know who the fuck they are or what the fuck they're doing. So I'd tell them, <laughs> how do you do? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So you want to call it the, you want to call it the, uh, well, can we just call it the, the CrossFit championships? How about that? I love that. That's better. Okay. I'm, I'm not, All right. by the way, I'm not trying to take it down a peg. I'm just saying, let's call, let's call a spade a spade. Like this is the hey, CrossFit let's... championships. 
Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll we'll call it that. I mean, it's it is commonly referred to the uh, the World Championships. So I think that's totally fair. Yeah, that's a better name. CrossFit Games, I think, probably came about in a time when they were trying to brand it a way that seemed like, hey, we're like other sports. Like, no, you're not like other sports. Like, sell what you're good at. You're doing crazy well, wait shit. Well, wait a second. Wait a second, then. Now, wait a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what about the Olympic Games? The, again, those most of them are games. Skiing is a game? No, I agree with you on that. But I'm saying most track, of them track, are games. Track and field is, is a game? Uh, it's a system of games. What? It's a system of games? Running 400, <laughs> who can do the fastest 400 meters is a game. It is? I think. I don't think so. I'm not sure. What is, okay, start over again. Adam, what's a game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to, you know, it was funny. I was actually thinking about that as we're talking about it. I was like, oh, well, you got to have a, you got to have a team. And it's team versus team thing. But that's not true either, because if you were playing chess, it would be a game. That is a game. One, yeah, I agree. It's one-on-one. So I think a game, right, is a – let's think about this. A game <laughs> requires a set of rules, obviously. Sure. Does it need a board and or a field? It's an interesting question. I think it probably does. It needs at least a system of scoring. Yeah, there's definitely scoring, right? And then it needs at least two opposing competitors or more. Yes, two or more competitors. Well, okay, now hang on. Uh-huh. <laughs> hang on. What about solitaire? Is that a game? It is a game. Okay, it needs one or more competitor. <laughs> huh. This is getting harder I- than I thought it would be. <laughs> I would, I, yeah. All right, listen. Here, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm gonna go to dictionary.com because I'm at the computer, and we'll, <laughs> we're gonna get the definition of game. I'm excited about this. I'll vamp while you look it up. Oh, look at this. Okay, what do you got? N- noun, an amusement or pastime. Oh shit, that's broad as fuck. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, anything. That's- that's uh, that's okay. leaving and you cell phone. By that definition, me the way I like to leave you cell phone messages is a game. I'm. It's true. All right, number two. Oh my god, there are so wait. There are many many definitions 15, of game. Fifteen. <laughs> there are fifteen definitions of game. Uh, number two is the material or equipment used in playing certain games. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, all right, here's what here's what we're really looking for. Number three, a competitive activity involving skill, chance, or endurance on the part of two or more persons who play according to a set of rules, usually for their own amusement or for that of spectators. That's a great definition. I think we should like put that. We that's that's the one. I think screen cap that and send it to me. We'll put that in the episode notes. Okay, okay. I'm <laughs> that, on it. I'm on that it. sounds like what a game is to me. <laughs> so what what I'm gonna say is by that I definition, guess, you think CrossFit Games is games. That's what you're so. gonna say. I, I think that they yeah I think that okay. they play a set of games for sure. I think I'm gonna have to admit defeat on this argument. I don't think I can defend an alternative point. It's, uh, I mean, look, I'm surprised. I thought I was going to lose on that one, to be honest. <laughs> I thought I had you bad, but no, I, you know, I, now that I've rethought it, yeah, they're games. I mean, 
Anyway, I've seen CrossFit games on TV. I've mentioned this on previous podcasts. So where do they take place? Do you know? Question number one. Yeah, they're they're in uh, they're in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. Oh, dope! I have family there right now. They could be well, watching maybe, the CrossFit games. Maybe they're maybe they're there watching the CrossFit games. Hard to say. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I will just say like what's what's super interesting. Um, well, first, hang on, let me back up. Yes. So there's the individual competition, and then there's a team competition. How many people on a team? Four. Okay. Um, and it's, a, it's, it's pretty tight. There's only 14 teams total that are there to compete. Um, but uh, the owner of my gym, Danny, from Champlain Valley CrossFit, is there. Champlain Valley CrossFit. Well, she's there competing on a team. Badass. And they, they got second place today on the first event. Wow. That Which sounds powerful. Freaking awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So, so this is a female Danny, yes. right? Because Danny yep. can kind of go either. Oh way. yeah. So the the teams teams of four are two men, two women. Always? Always. Oh, cool. That's I like yeah. that. That's a that's a cool um that's a cool thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. And so so it's interesting. All right, this in years past, the CrossFit games have only had forty men and forty women compete. Mm-hmm. And this year they did this thing where they, where they crowned national champions from every country around the world that has a CrossFit affiliate. And so there's 140 something men and 134 women or something like that. And, uh, but at, but day one, which is today, they're going to eliminate half of the field. Oh, wow. That's an aggressive cut. (laughs) Yeah, well, so there's all this debate about, like, well, they're eliminating half of the field and, like, this, that, the other thing. And, like, is it worthwhile for these national champions to go? And, like, should they do that or should they have been in the first place? Like, there's people that are going that are national champions that, like, arguably shouldn't – it's not that they shouldn't be there. They arguably don't have the skill set to compete. So it's just an interesting dynamic. So they're bringing in a broader, like, global – attendance but they're kind of also weeding people out who probably shouldn't be there pretty quick yeah i think that's pretty which i think is super cool that they're that they're like oh we're gonna bring in people which is kind of like the olympic format right like yeah come to the party but if you're not up to the level you're gonna go home pretty quick right and like i keep i keep likening it to the olympics where like if you're the you know like the jamaican bobsled team right like they weren't there to win a gold medal they were just there to prove that they could be there Sure. Sure. And then I think that's what uh, ultimately drives the competition level in those home country. You know, you think about it, like maybe the CrossFit scene in, I'm going to make shit up. I don't know anything, but maybe the CrossFit scene in Switzerland's not that tight, but they, they get a couple people there. And then maybe just like that inspiration will like drive more competition within the home country. And then they'll come back stronger later. Well, that's a, that's a proven, it's a proven thing. So like in, in, um, tennis is like one of the, or is it golf? I think it's golf, women's golf. There was like never, um, an Asian in the top 10 in the, in the WPGA. And then there was this Korean woman who is a, uh, total badass. And she like, um, she like, you know, got like on the podium and the world tour or whatever. And now suddenly like, 50% 50% of the top 10 is all Korean women because the, the other Korean women like saw that she could do it. And they were like, well, shit, she can do it. I can do it. 
Yeah, it just it triggers like an interest that that comes out of that. You know, I mean, think about uh, it's to be really cheesy about it. Think about the growth of cycling in the United States in the in the Lance era. You know, just right, like right, 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 right. the idea that American could break through to a sport that was uniquely un-American it, it, to some people. I don't think that's actually true, but you know, at that time, it was maybe perceived that way. It, oh, for sure. You know, was huge. So yep. getting people in there is, is that's a great idea. I think from a growth standpoint, like if you're the person running CrossFit, that's a great growth idea. Yeah, I think it's so. I think it's super cool that they're that they get all these national champion folks here. I think it's like, you know, broadens the appeal of the sport, and yeah, I think it's fun. So it's actually it's going on right now. I have it on the computer. I'm watching it a little bit while we're talking. Cool. How and, many? Um, and, and they're lifting so many things. You're just watching people just like lifting heavy well, things. The, they're hitting tires with other weird <laughs> shit. They're they're doing crazy shit. Uh, there's somebody carrying a refrigerator around. I'm not sure why. <laughs> That's an event. That's an event. I want, dude, I, I will not be happy with CrossFit until, because I, I was dead serious about this. The time I had to inflate one of my car tires with a bicycle pump, that was like the wad of the century. I want to see them do that on the CrossFit games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. The event that they're doing right now is they have to run 400 meters, so not that big a deal. Then they got to do three rope climbs, but they can't use their legs on the rope, so they can only use their hands. Upper and body then, only, uh, okay. And then they got to do, I think it's seven snatches with the dumbbell at, a, at 185 pounds, but they have to do it three times. Okay. Damn. So that sounds yeah. um, like a horrible way to spend an afternoon, but if that makes them happy, you know, I mean, I'm well, sure people would say that only- if IRR or our running workouts are all kinds of dumb shit that people do. Listen, IRR is a terrible way to spend your day. Cause it takes, <laughs> it takes at minimum 12 hours. So. It takes your entire day and it's not real nice about it. <laughs> I mean, really you gotta, you gotta actually think it takes your entire week cause you do it on Saturday and then you still feel like shit on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing though. I have a question for you that I think is very important on the topic yes. of CrossFit yes. games. And I'm, I, I'm being half, Silly and half serious, or maybe 60, 60% serious. Either way. Because you're watching it. I, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Booty shorts? Uh, well, it's... Um, topless guys. Uh, what what's, what are we seeing? Of, lots of, what are the lots trends? Of topless men. Lots of, well, it's only men right now. It's just the men's heats. Okay. So, um, you know, when they get there, that's a good question. When they get there, they are issued... Um, not uniforms, but they're issued apparel. So Reebok is the sponsor, and then um, during the games, they can only wear the official apparel. I could say things uh, about Reebok, but because they're going to be a future sponsor of the show, I'll just be like, "Yeah, great, great stuff." Good work, good work. Good okay, work, so let's see, let's <laughs> see. T- ten, ten competitors just walked by, and only two of them had a shirt on. <laughs> okay, so we're in good numbers. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Okay. We're good. So, I mean, I don't know how hot it is. It look, it's very sunny where they are, and it looks hot as shit. So, yeah, I'm no, no judgment. Yeah. I just, like because previous episode, oh, you got to link these things together. We talked a lot about this booty shorts, no shirt yeah. thing that some yeah, of the yeah. gyms are experiencing. And I was just curious, on the highest level, what is the booty short shirt situation? Yeah, so the, uh, the women, are they go this afternoon in a little while, and I am sure that they will have... They will have uh, the booty shorts. Well, 
it makes good TV, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't I know. Mean, it's, you know, it's hot, right? Like, who the hell wants to wear, like, spandex pants? But, but, that's goes to, <laughs> but that goes to my point before when we were talking about it on the previous episode. It's just, like, women should be able to wear whatever they want when they're working out. Like, I, I that was my biggest issue with that whole, <laughs> that rule right. is, like, like, that's right. just, it's fundamentally, like, let them wear what they want. <laughs> they're working yeah. out. Fine. Why are, you making, why are you making rules, bro? Get these rules out of here. These rules out of here. Now, I'm going to yeah. take a hard shift right here. Hard Hard left, hard left. Hard left. We're about 50 minutes in, but it's time to talk about one of our sponsors, okay? So, Adam, I'm going to let you know, you might not know this, but this week's episode is sponsored by a product that's being put out by Onnit Supplements. It's a new product that they wanted to start talking about on our podcast, and it's, it's called Beta Brain. So, Beta Brain is a product that allows you... To take a supplement, which makes everything fuzzier and harder to do. (laughs) (laughs) It allows you to put sentences together in a way that is awkward and unnatural. It allows you to record an entire episode of your podcast in stereo by accident. Or (laughs) it allows you to struggle through articulating a feeling that you really want to be able to express on its beta brain. It's a great product. I'd use it every day. Obviously, and uh, you can um, use promo code uh, Complicated Squad Squad uh, on on it and see if that works. Let me know. <laughs> Save you a nickel. <laughs> that's that's the end of that segment. The advertisement. Oh man, that brings me to my last action item, Adam. Unless you want, do you yeah. got something on your mind you want to throw in here? We get no, time. No, I'm, I'm good. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to hit the games, which I think is fun. You know, we'll be able to have a recap about that. We hit Irreverent Road Ride. Uh, oh, I'm going to do a book review. Yeah, book review. Bring it. Book review. I just read, maybe I finished it a week ago, uh, Shoe Dog, a memoir by the creator of Nike. Oh, wow. Shoe Dog. Yeah. So Phil Knight, who's the, the founder and creator of Nike. and um, Controversial character at various points in his career. I, I don't know much about him, but I know there was some controversy, I think, in the 90s about him and his business models. Well, so he talks about that in his memoir uh, a little bit. And in the 90s, it had to do with the um, the conditions of the factories where uh, products were being made. Right. And, uh, yeah, his take on it is, like, is a little bit different than maybe how it was um, shown in the media, which is no surprise, I guess. But Sure, sure. Um, but it's also fascinating, like this whole thing that this one guy uh, started this business by importing Tiger sneakers and selling them out of the trunk of his car. And, you know, like later in the early 2000s, he's then suddenly worth like, I forget what the number is. He quotes it astronomical, here, I'm sure. $174 million or yeah. some like absolutely insane amount of money. Um and it was just like so cool to read the the story about how um, he, you know, just like kept pushing forward. And like, I know the tagline for Nike is "Just do it," but uh, in the book, he kept he keeps referencing this this thing that he said to himself of "Just don't stop." Yeah. And um, and just like kept pressing forward, pressing forward, pressing forward. And there was a number of times where like the shit pretty much hit the fan, and it seemed like it was game over. And they. Uh, they managed to to pull it out in the end. So it's like, it was a good read. It was fun. That's cool. Um, I think it's interesting I, to think about those entre, 
entrepreneurial uh, people and kind of what, like, that's kind of a big part of, you know, the whole American economy, you know, is this idea that if you have a good idea or creative angle, like, there's an opportunity there. And how much that's true in the modern economy is debatable, but you still see success stories. There's still people who, like, come up with a really clever idea and go a long way with it. Totally. And, um, yeah. And I think like Phil Knight is very similar to Mike senior, the founder of specialized where I work. Um, cause Mike started the company in 1974 selling bike parts out of, a the back of a VW bus. And then later out of the trailer, he was towing around on his bicycle. So it's just like, it's pretty cool. It's just a, it's a funny thing. And now, you know, specialized is a global, you know, somewhat similar to Nike, smaller, of course, but smaller, a, but a still a huge brand. I think most people interested in bikes at all could identify that brand very easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a global empire, you know, no, no way around it. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. So it was a, it was a good read recommended to anybody. And they talk about Prefontaine a bunch cause he was a Nike athlete at the time. And, That's cool. uh, <laughs> Prefon- cool. Prefontaine is like the ultimate American sports badass. So we have a good future app. <laughs> talk about that more on a future app. Oh yeah. We could talk about Prefontaine a ton. I'll be, I'll be all in super excited. So Adam, I'm going to introduce you to a new segment now. Okay. This is a segment that I don't think in your notes, you'll see the name of, which would confuse the shit out of you anyway, <laughs> but, and uh, we'll see what the listeners think of this. This is a segment I thought up the other day. This is AMA E AMA Q. Okay, so what does that stand for? AMAE, AMAQ, ask me anyone else's AMA questions. That's what it stands for. <laughs> okay, do you have a list? I, well, I have. A, so each time we do this, we're going to pick at random, just based on whim, yours or mine, somebody's AMA that they did, preferably yes. a recognizable person. And then I'm going to go through some of the you or me will read to the other person some of the questions and get their answers. So tonight we're doing Keanu Reeves AMA from Reddit. Oh, I can't wait. And you are going to be in the role of Keanu Reeves. So I'm going to read you the questions and you're going to give me the answers from your point of view. I am Keanu. And so the first one is going to be particularly awkward because it's really Keanu specific, but we're going to do it anyway because I'm curious the answer. Who's the biggest movie star that you're friends with? biggest movie star that i'm friends with yeah and you know take some liberty with this if you have to well it's obviously it's me it's keanu reeves <laughs> no 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 you're not keanu reeves in this scenario you're adam saint germain but oh. you're forced to answer the questions that people have asked keanu reeves oh so you adam saint germain who is the most famous person that you're friends with and you can get, get really localized about this like who's the most famous person you're friends with Hmm. I don't know. Do I know any famous people? We're using famous in a liberal way in this, I think. Like, literally, of the people you know, who do you think would be mo- the most recognized by the most people? Brian Dunlop. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> I was thinking my knee-jerk reaction for you was Mark McCormick, because he had a, a moment of stardom in the bike world, which is pretty small, but still something. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Just a thought. And then I know you live in Vermont. Maybe you've like, you know, 
Oh, what about like, Bernie? Where's my Where's my boy Bernie? I was gonna say Bernie is pretty famous right now, and I'm sure you've had to kick him out of your you know lawn a few times. Get off! Get off my lawn! Yeah. Okay, so the next few are a little bit more like broad, but these are still being asked of Keanu. But you're gonna answer them. What's your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Current or childhood? The, I always like the Flash. The Flash. Do you want to know yeah. what Keanu said? What did Keanu say? Wolverine. Lame. Pretty lame. <laughs> Not a good answer in my opinion. You know, there, there was a there was a superhero um, back in the day, and I had the comic book for it, and his name was uh, Adam Strange. Oh. He was a DC character. Uh, he was part of the Justice League. I don't know what else he did, though. Yeah, <laughs> he does not ring any bells. I did read a lot of comic books when I was younger. That's a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, he certainly wasn't like a big... Oh, I guess he came out in 1957. Jeez. Damn. Okay. That's old school. <laughs> He's an OG. Um, all right, what else you got? What's your favorite childhood memory? Oh, favorite childhood memory. Hmm. Uh, building a bicycle ramp in the driveway and jumping my bike. Do you know what's crazy about that? <laughs> same, same thing. Almost the same exact answer that Keanu Reeves That's right. gave. Keanu's like for, my boy. For real, like almost the same exact answer. He said he, they built some like go-kart type cars and rode them down the hill by his house till they broke, which is yes. very similar. Yes. Um, I've got some other ones coming here. Hold on a second. All right, I'm ready. Um, I'm this ready one's when you are. this one wouldn't be funny for you. Let's see which. Uh, we already did just memory. I, I lost my place for a minute. Okay. Um, how did you come to uh, get the role of Neo in the Matrix? <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was tough, right? It was uh, you know, Bill Murray had auditioned before me. I was really nervous. And, uh, you know, frankly, the, the Willachowski the now sisters at the time just didn't have the budget to, uh, to pay Bill, so I got the role. Solid answer. Love it. Okay, we're going to do a couple more of these because it's kind of interesting. This next one, what's one of your guilty pleasures? <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, watching the matrix. Oh, great. Good answer. Okay. And then we're going to end it. This is a perfect one to end it on. Adam, what's your secret to happiness? <laughs> oh, well also, it's, you know, it's funny you asked, but it's also watching, watching the matrix. The matrix. <laughs> it's a fucking great movie. I will not vouch for any of the sequels, but the original is a very solid movie. I recently rewatched it and I was like, this is still fun. All right, we're going to end on this very heady topic. Okay. It, it fascinates me to no end. The Wilachowski brothers. Now sisters. Now sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about, here's the idea. Here's the theory that I read, <laughs> that I read somewhere. This is not my theory, but I read it, and it was like, it was fascinating. Okay. What, what if the Matrix is uh, a commentary of how the Wilachowskis felt about themselves living in the, what, what would the term be, the, the cis world or the gender-specific world or whatever sure, it is? Sure, the, the um, standard uh, 
society expectations. Bi- binary? It's a binary uh, Binary, world. yeah, sure. I yeah, think, yeah. And so, yeah, go on. And then, and then, like, so they made this movie, which was, like, an expression of how they're feeling. And then, like, years later, they, you know, they transitioned to them, themselves or whatever. So it's just, like, when I read that, I was, like, well, one, I didn't know that they had transitioned. And two, I was, like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their lives are really interesting. It, and, like, I don't know that much about it and I support people being who they want to be. So good for them. But it's really interesting that like you're, there is actually kind of, I think a nugget there, like the, the, the whole idea of that original movie being like sort of this, you know, uh, very back to basic philosophy one oh one of like, is reality a dream or is it real? Is it, or are we manipulated in some way? Like kind of like you're, it's it's interesting you know it plays off of like some basic ideas about like reality but then like for them when you realize later they were like really probably questioning some of these things in a very sincere way in their own life it gives it another layer for sure totally yeah. totally so actually i have a question and i googled it because i couldn't find out first of all we're saying their name wrong it's not willichowski it's wachowski 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 i was just curious they're not twins, are they? I don't know the answer to that. I think there's a possibility, uh, and I'm don't. I'm I'm, in, I'm afraid that I'm going to somehow make my phone get angry if I try to Google this while we're doing this. Uh, the blah 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 blah. Hmm. Will we ever know? I don't know. It's not coming up quickly oh, as to whether or Wachowski not Wachowski twins, Brothers but... IMDb. It still comes up as Wachowski Brothers IMDb. I think that's probably not cool. Well, you can also Google Wachowski sisters and it comes up too. So Okay, so there's a little bit of Yeah. Goes goes Hey, well, we gotta leave link. something we gotta leave something for the next episode. We gotta leave like that link that people have to come back to find out. Oh yeah. Because okay. <laughs> they so can't Google without us. The only way they can gonna, Google is with us. We're gonna confirm whether or not they are they are twins. Their names are now uh Lena and Lily. I like that. Those are nice there names. We go. <laughs> Okay, wait, we're getting close to the end of this episode. Any yes. child care updates? Anything going on in parent land that's new or different? Um, no, we're going camping soon. Oh, you guys, so I look forward to camping with Ollie, but we're a ways away from that being temperature appropriate. You guys are closer. Yeah, we're going to go up to Acadia. Oh, yeah, been there. It's beautiful. So that'll be that'll be super fun. By the way, I will now confirm they are not twins. Okay, great. Uh, Lena is fifty four, Lily fifty one. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go camping. Edie's very excited about it. She wants to go hike a mountain, uh, which obviously we talked about <laughs> she's, before. She's she's so your kid. She totally wants to go hike mountain. <laughs> I want to hike a mountain, uh, Dad. It's like yeah, that's let's go hike kid. a mountain. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's we're looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. So awesome. There is a, what, do you, what do you got going? Um, everything's great. Ollie, Ollie kind of had a little bit of a head cold type thing that came and went last week. That was interesting. But uh, he's doing great. And uh, just in a very funny phase of like lots of questions, lots of wanting to control situations and be independent. You know, like I like told you sure, on a previous sure. episode, he's potty trained. But now he's very annoyed if you try to help him in any way. He wants to go to the bathroom by himself. Don't help me. Doesn't need your help. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stuff yep. like that. Still, occasionally wanders out of the potty, uh, the bathroom with his potty, like the hat that goes in it, where the pee and poo goes, and like hands it to me, like I <laughs> as a, an offering, which is stop trying oh, to so, get him to stop doing that. But so wait, so that's it. So he's still he's using like the little the kitty one. He's not like well, he he can use an seat. he can use an adult toilet. He does it in restaurants and places when we're out, but at home he prefers to use the little—I don't know what you would call it. It's just a little mini toilet. Little, it looks like a right. Yeah, that that we got at Target, and he really did you, wait, wait. Did you get the one that looks like a miniature toilet? Yeah, and it has the thing that flushes and makes a sound effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one cracks me up. It's hilarious, but we have two of them in our house. We have one upstairs and one downstairs, and that's his jam. But he does know how to use a, a regular size toilet if he wants to. He doesn't like it right now, so mm-hmm. whatever works, man. But then, so the little mini ones are essentially like at the hospital where the patients have a hat that they put in the toilet with your counting things. It's the same thing, but he'll pick it up and be like, "Dad, here's my pee. We good?" <laughs> and I'm like, Very yeah, good. I guess we're good. You I don't need this. <laughs> but it's very sweet. He he tries to be his own little guy. I appreciate it. I like it. it. <laughs> I like it. Uh yeah. And he likes to do um oh, I, I'll send you a video. This for the listener out there, this might not be that helpful, but there's a, a place in Austin called the Thinkery, which is essentially like any city has the children's museum, you know? Oh, hey. Uh-huh. I've been there. That's right. Yes. So the <laughs> so so the thinkery, right, has this amazing playground. I recently took my son there and he's never been on a good weather day. He's only been there when the weather has been kind of bad. And so the playground was sort of not the main event. And it's this really nice playground that's mostly rope enclosed like it's got all these different pathways that go up several stories high but it's it's enclosed in a lot of areas by rope so the child has to be able to climb up kind of like a webbed rope section to get up into the playground and then they're pretty safe like they can't really fall out of it but anyway he was like climbing up the ropes and going crazy like he's a climber like he like was passing kids who were like two years older than him and being like, get out of my way. I got this. Like, move, bro, move. I got, I got to climb. You're in my way. And he's a very mild mannered kid, but when he gets on like playscapes and there's a climbing element, he's just like, get out of my way. I got this. So I don't know what that means, but it's cool to watch. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's all I got for you this week, man. I, I, all right. I think, I think we, I think we covered a lot. Oh, I covered a lot. We, oh. we blew past one topic and I don't, it's up to you if you want to talk about it or save it for the next episode. A, the e-bike stuff that you've been talking a lot about. Oh, let's save it. Cause I just dropped a bomb last night. So we're okay. Let's do a segment on the next episode where we get into the e-bike debate again. Yeah. yeah let's, we can hit it again, but let's, we'll save it for right now. Yeah, yeah. I think we covered everything we needed to, man. Enjoy. Enjoy the great Northeast, my friend. I'll do my best. You enjoy the hot, <laughs> so hot. Oh, all right. This podcast that ended has ended. Let us go Let us in peace. peace, my friend. Okay, good job. All right. <laughs> See ya. We out. Bye. <laughs>